Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 41 of the Fantasy Law Guy podcast. I'm Nick Garisco at Fantasy Law Guy on Instagram. Today's show, week four, matchups, COVID terror. Hakeem dropped the ball! Oh. Hakeem dropped the ball! He did what? Playoffs? What are talking about? Playoffs? Who the hell is Mel Kiper? They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Playoffs? <laughs> I just hope we can win a game. It's my quarterback. What the hell's going on out here? I cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Can't wait. You like that? You like that? Just keep a trick the ball down the field, boys. I saw, son. I saw. Hello? You play to win the game. Hardly. Sends the Saints to the Super Bowl. The following is a message that I've sent to every league member in preparation for today's games due to the COVID-based rescheduling of the Chiefs and Patriots game later this week. Unfortunately, we have our first COVID-related issue in the fantasy football season. The Chiefs and the Patriots are having their game postponed, and it's supposed to be Monday or Tuesday night as of now, and if that's the case and the game plays on Monday or Tuesday, then the Patriots and Chiefs players on your rosters will count for this week, which is week four, as normal. ESPN has the Patriots and Chiefs players listed either on buy or postponed. But please plan on keeping those Chiefs and Patriots in your starting lineups if you have them for Monday or Tuesday. There is a scenario where Monday and Tuesday rolls around and the NFL postpones the game further back, maybe to after the season or some random other week. And to prevent the unfairness that would come from that, and to prevent these managers from getting screwed by the postponement, I am implementing an impromptu league-wide rule as commissioner that will apply this week. Players who want to start Chiefs or Patriots players will be allowed to choose a backup option or an alternative on your team that is scored in place of a starting Patriot or Chiefs player on your team if the game gets postponed further back from Monday or Tuesday. This must be implemented as followed. First, the backup option must be designated before the backup options kickoff or game starts. Second, the backup option must obviously be the same position as the replacement for the Chiefs or Patriots player. So if you have Patrick Mahomes, for example, you must designate a quarterback as your backup. The quarterback obviously must be on your roster as well. If the player is in the flex, you can choose a backup on your roster that is a running back, receiver, or tight end. But the starting lineup must be filled out as if it's a normal week. Number three, the backup must be disclosed to the league or to me, and then I'll disclose it to the league prior to kickoff of that backup's game. Uh, The difference between number three and number one is the disclosure here. Make sure you let me know. Don't assume that I know your backup. You must designate it publicly via Facebook Messenger or our league's group text, or you can just tell me before kickoff and I'll post everyone's backups for the games. And number four, your backup will not count for your score unless the Chiefs-Patriots game is postponed past Monday or Tuesday. If the Chiefs-Patriots game plays on Monday or Tuesday, you are scored for your Chiefs and Patriots player. You are not scored for your backup. This is not a best ball. We are not taking the best score. The backup only applies if the Chiefs-Patriots player is postponed past Monday or Tuesday and if the Chiefs-Patriots player is in your starting lineup. So if your Chiefs-Patriots player is not in your starting lineup, They will not be considered starters, and they will not be scored. It's up to you whether you want to start these people. 
And let me know if you have any questions. And I advise everyone with Chiefs and Patriots players who want to start them to consult with me and I'll walk you through the backup rule if there's any confusion. And I apologize if there's any confusion or if you think this is somehow unfair. I sympathize because as a commissioner, I hate making rules like this, like right in the middle of the season. But this is obviously an unprecedented situation. I feel it's necessary. And I've done research on possible solutions here. And this is the best thing I could find. Other leagues are doing this as well. And I'm open to suggestions or tweaks for when this inevitably happens for future weeks. But this week, I think everyone can grasp the spirit of the rule. And hopefully it won't matter because the game will be played on Monday or Tuesday. And note that this will not apply to the Titans and Steelers games. The NFL is viewing that game as a bye week for now. So the Steelers and Titans, uh, all things considered, are on a bye. And this rule really just applies to only people who plan to start Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Elia, Rex Burkhead, James White, Travis Kelsey, Julian Edelman, Sammy Watkins, Nikhil Harry, Harrison Butker, the kicker, or the Patriots or Chiefs defense. And it does not apply to Cam Newton, who has already been ruled out for this game due to COVID. So please take Cam Newton out of starting lineups. But if you want to start any Chiefs and Patriots players, leave them in your starting lineup. Designate a backup to me or the league ASAP at the same position. And the backup must be on the team. And if the game isn't played, I will adjust the scores to add the backup scores. Again, if the game is not played Monday or Tuesday. So again, that's the message that I've sent to my league mates. And that's the rule that I am applying for this week. And I'm strongly recommending that your commissioner does something similar or the same. Because it just really puts managers of Chiefs and Patriots in an impossible spot where they could be starting a key player in a game that may not be played. This is not the same as if you know you have a game time decision on Monday night. This is a this is a whole new team. A lot of people have Chiefs stacks where they picked Pat Mahomes and Tyree Kill. This is a situation that is totally unprecedented, and I think it's in just an unfair and unnecessary risk if you don't implement a rule like this now if your league does not implement a rule like this and the game is postponed or sorry is not postponed by kickoff on sunday i would honestly probably play it safe i think it's more likely than not that this game does get postponed further and that it is not played in fact on monday or tuesday meaning the chiefs patriot scores would not count for this week and the best pivots would be in the later games you want to be adding backups or possible alternatives on for players in later games because we could find out more info at any point. Now, I don't think I do think that the that this announcement will probably come Sunday morning before the noon kickoffs. But just keep that in mind when you're adding free agents or poss- making backup plans. That the later the game is, the better or more valuable that backup may be. You know, if all things were equal. So just make sure that you do have a backup plan in place and know when that player's game starts so you can make a call beforehand. And I'd like to think that the league will try to announce its plans before the noon kickoffs because they understand the importance of fantasy football. But if not, you know, I probably will be taking out players like Pat Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Travis Kelsey, Harrison Butker, uh, and the Chiefs defense, who a lot of people are probably starting Harrison Butker and the Chiefs defense haven't even thought about them. Chiefs defense has a better matchup now that – Cam Newton it has COVID and is out for this game, regardless of whether it's played on Monday or Tuesday. And, and Julian Edelman also for New England. I wouldn't be starting, so I'm probably not starting those players. And I also wouldn't be starting Sammy Watkins, McCall Hardman, Rex Burkhead, James White, or the Patriots defense anyway. But definitely not now. Cam Newton, obviously not. He is out for COVID-related reasons. 
and possible backups for Pat Mahomes that may be in free agency. Actually, before I go through possible backups, I want to get to something else that just happened. Uh, there is breaking news as right when I'm starting to record this. Uh, there is breaking news that the Saints, who are in Detroit, have a player who has tested positive for COVID-19, and testing currently is occurring. Of all those who have been in contact with the player, and the player was on the flight from New Orleans. So it's possible that that game could get postponed as well. And the Saints would actually benefit from that game being moved because of all their injuries. Uh, but that's just the hoodat in me talking. That's besides the point. And, and But luckily, this game is at noon. So we'll know if this game is moved or not, and we can make lineup calls beforehand. But this may be a scenario where they push this back to Monday or Tuesday as well, just like the Chiefs or Patriots game. And then we don't know if it's going to get played on Monday or Tuesday and get pushed back. So you may be designating backups for Saints and Lions players as well. So commissioners need to be very, very active this morning, potentially, trying to talk to the rest of the league, all of their league members. I would send individual texts. Because you don't want to be the commissioner who's like, oh, well, I put it in the group text and or I put it on the Facebook group or the whatever, the league message board. Um, too bad you didn't see it. No, you need to tell everybody individually. Do your job as a commissioner. Make sure everybody knows about this, especially everybody with Saints and Lions or Chiefs and Patriots if the situation needs be. Now, everybody needs a backup plan. And everybody needs to be active, whether you're a league member or whether you're a commissioner, you need to have a backup plan, you need to be communicating with your commissioner. And like I always say, just hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And I don't know, man, it just seems like they might, they should probably just take this week off league-wide, like just take a league-wide buy here for every team. But I doubt they do that because so much goes into the schedule and the NFL seems pretty married to its schedule and the league, but the league just needs to reset it sounds like, but assuming the, I'm assuming the games are going forward. So let's say, uh, depending on what happens with the Saints, Lions, Chiefs, Patriots, let's say we don't know. Let's say they're moved back to two, Monday or Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday, and we don't know if they're going to count for this week. You need to have the backup plan in place as your commissioner. But let's talk about potential. Let's say you don't, and you just can't control that. So let's talk about potential alternatives here. Possible backups that might be in free agency, or, alter, or replacements, I should say, or pivots. That might be in free agency uh, for quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, maybe Drew Brees, maybe Stafford, maybe Cam Newton. Uh, maybe you have some of them or one of them and you don't have a backup on your team. Uh, Baker Mayfield gets the Dallas Cowboys, Kirk Cousins at Houston, Teddy Bridgewater against the Cardinals, Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Seattle Seahawks, Nick Mullins versus Philadelphia. I'm going to talk about all of these players' uh, outlooks in detail on this podcast today. If you want to stay tuned for that, you can make a good decision if multiple of them are in free agency. Running backs, Carlos Hyde at Miami, Gio Bernard versus Jacksonville. It's possible uh, Joe Mixon and Chris Carson miss this game. Uh, But even if not, Gio Bernard, Carlos Hyde could get some touches. And Gio Bernard, especially good for PPR formats. J.D. McKissick should catch some short passes and a negative game script versus Baltimore. If you want to sub out Julian Edelman at wide receiver, Possible wide receiver free agents include Hunter Renfro versus Buffalo, Traquan Smith. Well, actually, I don't know if I can say Traquan Smith because the Saints game might get moved. But if it's not, Traquan Smith at Detroit, Marcus Valdez-Scantling versus Atlanta, Greg Ward 
at San Francisco, Scotty Miller versus the Chargers, and either Andy Isabella or Larry Fitzgerald at Carolina if DeAndre Hopkins or and or Christian Kirk do not play. I'll get to more possible sleepers in my matchup segment in a minute, but we're gonna move on to the yeah we're gonna move on to the Sunday slate. Now I've done three games already for what it's worth. The Saints and Lions I previewed on my Friday. I previewed that in full. That's episode forty. And I also previewed the Sunday night football game between the Eagles and Niners and the Monday night football game between the Packers and Falcons on that show. I think that I think that preview starts about 20 minutes in. And I also did the kickers and defense streaming options on that episode as well. So I'll not be doing those games or the kicker and streaming episodes or segment of the episode on today's show. I think about to the 17 to 20 minute mark on episode 40 if you want to check that out. And I'll remind you again after my matchups here are done. So, okay. So crazy week ahead here. And hopefully we just know things in advance. But I just can't stress enough that you need the backup there. But let's move on to the matchup slate of the games that we do or we can assume, I don't want to say we do know, because we don't know anything. But the games that, as of now, we can assume are playing. The first one, the 1-2 and two Cowboys host the 2-1 and one Cleveland Browns. 56 point over under. One of the highest totals of the week per Vegas. So that is prime. And how this game is played depends on whether the Browns get an early lead. And they can ride Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in their dominant running game. Or whether the Cowboys' potent passing attack gets an early lead and forces the Browns out of their preferred run-first philosophy and into the hands of Baker Mayfield. The Dallas pass defense has been way more suspect than their run defense. But that doesn't mean I'm recommending using Baker Mayfield. Uh, He's got a low-volume passing attack even in a matchup like this. In other than Superflex leagues, I think he's got a solid matchup for Superflex league, but I'm not considering starting him in a one-quarterback league. I do think that the matchup here is favorable because it's possible, if not probable, that the Browns will be throwing more than usual to keep up with Dak Prescott's offense. But Mayfield just, you know, hasn't shown enough to be a one-quarterback consideration so far. Kareem Hunt is questionable for this game. But I am assuming that he plays. I think it's more likely than not he he does play. But you need to have a backup plan in case both Chubb and Hunt should be in starting lineups. If assuming both plays, Chubb would be probably a monster in this game if Hunt does not play. Hunt is a great flex option or low end running back too in a week where Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Derrick Henry, James Conner, and possibly more running backs are not playing. I don't think we can use Jarvis Landry. I thought that he'd have a good week last week. But Cleveland offensive coordinator said that Landry is not fully healthy following his offseason hip surgery. This was, of course, the reason that I he wasn't on my draft board. It's a reason that I avoided him in drafts. And he's done next to nothing this season. But Landry is a desperation flex in PPR leagues only because I will grant that the matchup is pristine here for him. Not only the matchup against slot corner uh, for him going against the slot corner for Dallas, but also just because of the game flow as well. The Browns will have to throw to beat the Dallas Cowboys, I'm assuming. I'm confidently starting Odell Beckham for that reason this week because not only is the matchup awesome, but the game flow is likely there as well, just like for Landry. He's had two quiet games and one good game Beckham has, and I think he'll make it 2-2 two after this week. Obviously, you're going to start Dak Prescott. I think the Cowboys will have more success moving the ball through the air than through Zeke. Zeke looked sluggish last week. And the Browns are way better 
against the run than they are against the pass. Receptions have kept Zeke elite in fantasy football, but he's looked terrible in the receiving game last week, so I wouldn't be surprised if more receiving work went to Tony Pollard soon if Zeke doesn't show improvement. Still, Zeke is in every week running back one thanks to his uses and situation in a potent offense. Amari Cooper, top 12 wide receiver weekly. I think C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup are wide receiver threes slash flexes. The Browns secondary is missing two starters in this game, but Dallas has also gotten Cedric Wilson and tight end Dalton Schultz involved, which is pretty annoying. But again, this is a high Vegas over-under with 56 total points projected by Vegas. So in, in any tiebreaker lineup decision should probably go to players in this game, and that includes CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. Should probably be in starting lineups unless you have a clear better alternative. Next game, the 1-2 Jaguars travel to Cincinnati to face the 0-2-1 Bengals. Yikes. This game may not be pretty. But Vegas is expecting a lot of points to be scored, which is good. High over-under in this game as well. I think it's 49 is the total. And Gardner Minshew, he enters Superflex streamer territory once again with a nice matchup here after a terrible situation or a terrible game last week against the Dolphins. But he does get DJ Chark. He is suspected to return for this game. And I think I'm starting him where I have him. He's probably just a wide receiver three, though. So there's not a lot of confidence there. But I think if you drafted DJ Chark, this is probably as good of a spot as you're going to see against this Bengals team. Uh, so this is the plus matchup here. Same for James Robinson, who should be treated as a low-end running back one. And this is a cupcake matchup for Robinson. Robinson should be in all starting lineups. Joe Burrow, that's probably about it for the Jaguars. Joe Burrow is one of the starts of the week in week four because of the Jaguars have a terrible pass defense. He can be started even in single quarterback leagues as a streamer. The Jags have played surprisingly good run defenses. They limited the Colts, Titans, and Dolphins running backs to 77 carries for 247 yards and two touchdowns on 3.2 yards per clip. That's according to establish the run, and establishing the run has been difficult against this team for whatever reason. And I don't think Mixon, who is questionable with a chest injury, is necessarily going to get it done this week uh, despite the matchup appearing friendly and despite it looking like a get-it-right spot on paper. I think Mixon is going to struggle again, but you really have to start him as a running back two uh, or in the flex just in case I am wrong. And also because it's possible the Bengals will have positive game flow in this game if they are they are the favorites in this game. So they may be running out the clock with Mixon. I'm not advocating benching him because if he plays or if he plays, but I am also not expecting a blow-up game like a lot of people seem to think, a lot of experts seem to think that that's inevitable here. I kind of disagree with that. Mixon also is dealing with a chest injury. He may not play, so keep an eye on that. I expect him to play, but Gio Bernard should be added in all leagues if you have an extra spot available just in case, especially for the Mixon roster manager. He would be a great streamer to fill in for Mixon, but also for you know Derrick Henry, James Conner on their bye weeks, uh, potential Saints, Lions. Uh, you know, I just realized that that includes Alvin Kamara. And if Alvin Kamara doesn't play today, then that would be another disastrous situation there. Uh, it doesn't really affect the Detroit game. I mean, the Detroit aspect of it isn't really affected because, you know, their best running back is probably Adrian Peterson. You're probably not starting him anyway. But nevertheless, Gio Bernard, he's a guy on the waiver wire. You might want to go check to see if he is there. Uh, and even in PPR leagues, if Mixon plays, Bernard's going to get some catches in this game. Tyler Boyd is probably my favorite start among the wide receivers in this game. I view Boyd as an every week wide receiver too. A.J. Green, I'm not totally giving up on him yet. Uh, T. Higgins, he saw a season-high snap percentage with 79% of the snaps as a slot receiver last week. 
uh, most of them in the slot, I should say. He also saw nine targets as well. So I think he's a desperation flex option. I'm not trying to force him into my lineups, even if I spend some fab money on him. He's more of a long season-long approach or a forward-thinking approach, but not necessarily this week, even though the matchup appears good on paper. We'll call him a boomer bust. I think the bust is more likely to hit this week. Uh, I think he a touchdown or bust is probably more accurate for T. Higgins, and I would play A.J. Green over T. Higgins, but I'm not too keen on Green as well. I think he's more of a flex. This is kind of his do-or-die situation, right? It's kind of the last chance for A.J. Green to show relevance. I think he'll have about 70 yards in this game, A.J. Green will. 3-0 Seahawks, they travel to South Beach to face the 1-2 Miami Dolphins. Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, should stay hot in this game. The Finns showed some life on defense last week, but it wasn't a great, or this isn't a great job it wasn't a great enough job to where they're still expected to, you know, limit Mr. Unlimited. And they are expected to be without top cornerback Byron Jones still. He's missed the last couple of weeks. Running back Chris Carson is a game-time decision here. This is a true, you know, situation where you start him if he plays, sit him if he doesn't. It's that kind of deal. So keep an eye out. I think this is a noon game, so he's going to have to be uh, ruled out by 1030 a.m. or an hour and a half before game time, wherever you're listening, you will know beforehand whether he's going to play. And he'll split duties and concede, or sorry, I should say Carlos Hyde is the backup there. And Carlos Hyde or Carson, they may split duties and they may concede some passing down work. I suppose if Hyde gets the start and Carson does not play, I think Hyde will probably be able to accrue 60 yards and a touch. So I think he's a really good alternative if Carson doesn't play. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, you're starting both of them. That's just an easy call. For Miami, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he appeared last week. Or I should say Fitzmagic appeared last week. And it's important to consider that that was against the Jaguars defense. And Seattle's defense, I don't know. Honestly, not that much better without Jamal Williams. And top cornerback Quentin Dunbar, both are not playing this week. They also lost pass rusher Bruce Irvin. They also lost nickel cornerback Marquise Blair for the season. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of a sneaky streamer. If you have Mahomes or someone like that who's not going to play, this game has sneaky shootout potential. Or maybe it just has backdoor potential where the Seattle Seahawks get out to an early lead and Fitzmagic is just constantly in trailing or in garbage time here. So I think Fitzpatrick will have to be throwing and be aggressive to keep up with Mr. Unlimited on the other side. So I like Devontae Parker a lot in this game as well. I think he's a legit number two wide receiver this week, and I'm predicting he'll have his best game to date. Let's say 90 yards, possible touchdown here. Similarly, I think that I'm starting Mike Jasicki. Wherever I have him, he is a tight end one, a top 12 tight end each week. He's probably like the seventh or eighth best tight end start on this particular week, at least in my opinion. Preston Williams is a desperation wide receiver three or flex option. I think he's too risky to start here. The usage Hasn't been there, uh, despite even favorable game flow some games. And last week, he only had two targets, two catches. It was seven yards, and there was a three-yard touchdown in there. But it, he's just tough to trust, even in a tasty matchup. Running back Miles Gaskin is the lead back for Miami. This is not a great situation for Gaskin because the Dolphins aren't going to be leading like they were against the Jaguars. But and, and the other thing with Gaskin is it's very unlikely that he scores a touchdown. Because every time they get within the five-yard line, they put Jordan Howard out there, and he plods his way to a goal-line scorer. He has three goal-line scores in three weeks, one in each week, but he's not worth using here because he is literally the definition of touchdown or bust. And against Seattle, it's unlikely that he gets that fourth touchdown. 
Miles Gaskin, if he's going to score, it's going to be from need to be from further than five yards out. Gaskin should be able to reach five catches in this game, so I think he's just a volume-based flex option here. The one and two Chargers, they travel cross country to Tampa Bay to face the two and one Bucks. The Bucks defense has been outstanding on the year, so this is not a good spot for Justin Herbert, who will be missing the entire right side of his offensive line. Right tackle Brian Balaga, right guard Tri Turner, they are out. Justin Herbert should be checking down a lot to Austin Eckler, that means. Eckler is matchup proof with Herbert under center, so you're starting him. Josh Kelly is not matchup proof. He's matchup dependent. Well, not really matchup dependent, but he's more game flow dependent. And seeing as the Chargers may be trailing in this game, Austin Eckler will likely be the preferred back, not Josh Kelly. Kelly could get game scripted out of this one, as we saw last week when he did against Carolina, when Carolina was leading for most of that game. And this game sets up poorly for Kelly, but don't drop him yet. Better days will be ahead. And I say that because I know you're probably going to be faced with a bunch of roster decisions, like who to drop this week. You're having to drop more players than usual because of potential games that may not be played. But I would hold on to Kelly if I were you, uh, unless it's absolutely necessary. I think despite the tough matchup against this Bucks stingy defense, Keenan Allen is getting enough volume with Herbert under center to start in all lineups. 19 targets last week from Herbert, 10 the week before with Herbert. And Hunter Henry has been efficient enough. He's been good, not great in every game. The Chargers will likely be trailing, so Henry should get his usual, albeit it may be less efficient day as possible. I think we're expecting like a six-catch, 45-yard day, maybe a possible score. That's 10 points for PPR. That's not bad for a tight end. He should probably be in starting lineups. Keen Allen should be in starting lineups despite the bad matchups. Just lower your expectations there. Starting pass rusher Melvin Ingram is out. For the Chargers, starting defensive tackle Justin Jones for the Chargers is also out, and starting cornerback Chris Harris is out for the Chargers as well. This makes an attractive, this makes a bad game on paper look a little more attractive for Tom Brady uh, than it would have been a week or two ago. I think Brady is is a top twelve quarterback, or sorry, I shouldn't, I don't know, he's probably not a top twelve quarterback in this particular matchup, but I will say he probably ends up being a top quarterback season long, but he's not here without Chris Godwin and against this Chargers defense. I think that he's usable, but I prefer Joe Burr. I'd prefer Drew Brees. I'd prefer Matt Stafford if they play. I'd prefer Jared Goff this week against the Giants over Brady. Uh, Mike Evans will get more usage uh, with Chris Godwin out. He should have a nice game despite the matchup, and he's kind of a go-to guy in the red zone here. Scotty Miller, Justin Watson, they make for intriguing sleepers or punt plays. If they're on your waiver wires, they probably are. I'm more interested in Miller, but I will grant that Justin Watson gets more playing time than Miller does. I'm not really interested in the Bucks' tight ends despite the increased roles sans Chris Godwin. Uh, and that we saw from O.J. Howard and Gronk last week. Gronk actually showed up last week. He had like 50, 60 yards. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's really a desperation play there. But it wouldn't be surprising if either O.J. Howard or Gronk had a good game. I just don't know which one it's going to be. They kind of cancel each other out in that perspective. Because uh, I, I just think one of them probably will have a pretty solid game with Chris Godwin being out. Ronald Jones will also be a nice play this week because the Chargers are missing two stars on the D-line, as I've mentioned, and they, they could the Bucks could face positive game script here with a lead. So Leonard Fournette is out, and this is a possible bell cow game for Rojo. So this is his chance to take a stranglehold over the lead back duties in Tampa Bay. I like using Ronald Jones here despite the stingy matchup on paper. 
Next game, the 2-1 and one Ravens are playing the 1-2 and two Washington football team. Baltimore got embarrassed against the Chiefs last week, so I would not want to be the Washington football team this week. Uh, they, the, the Ravens should bounce back. Uh, this should be a bounce-back game for an entire Ravens offense, particularly from Lamar Jackson. I would not want to be facing Lamar Jackson in fantasy this week. Washington is without nose tackle Matt Ioannidis. And edge rusher Chase Young in this game. I think that Jackson will be good for at least, Lamar Jackson that is, will be good for at least three scores in this game. And hopefully they go to Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. I wouldn't be getting cute with Andrews. I'm keeping him in starting lineups. I think this could be a get-right spot for him. He had a bad game of Monday Night Football. He dropped three, a contested catch for 30 yards uh, down the seam. He dropped a touchdown. He also dropped in another pass. So he could have had a much different uh, outlook had he just shown up for that game and he usually does make those catches he's a very talented player despite what we saw on Monday night I'm more concerned about my boy Hollywood Brown who had a hundred yard game in week one things were looking promises promising but he was game scripted out of week two they just didn't need him and he was just ineffective for week three he had a short drop but and the opportunities were there for Marquise Brown down the sideline, possible 50-yard touchdown that maybe would have changed the narrative for Marquise Brown, but Lamar Jackson missed him on an egregious throw uh, that he usually does hit. It's been a very frustrating season season for Marquise Brown and even Mark Andrews, and I'll admit that. I was very, very high on them. Um, And it's been even more frustrating if you did have the high expectations that I did. Uh, I get more and more nervous each week as they underwhelm, but the hope here is that Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews are not game scripted out of this game if the Ravens get like a 17-point lead and they just don't need to throw deep. So you want the touchdowns for them to be early in this game. And although the Ravens are heavy favorites, I just see the three-way running back by committee in this situation. Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, they all kind of cancel each other out. I don't know which one's going to hit, and you don't know which one's going to hit. They are all just touchdown or bust options, even in a favorable game script. It's possible that Rex Burkhead is just closing—I mean, sorry, not Rex Burkhead. Gus Edwards is closing out this game uh, late in the game because the Ravens just have a multi-score lead. And that would kind of hurt the ceilings of Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins is used more in the passing game, so he's kind of tough to trust in this game. But I don't know. I don't know which one's going to find the end zone, and you don't either. So for me, they're all on benches unless it's a desperation situation there. Um, I would not advise cutting J.K. Dobbins just because it's a tough week to retain players. Uh, Potentially Saints-Lions, definitely Chiefs-Patriots. You know, it's a tough week. You might just have to hold and take the lesser player, maybe just start J.K. Dobbins in that spot and just hope that he finds the end zone and catches a couple passes. Okay, for Washington, this is a tough spot here. Terry McLaurin is a game-time decision, and he's really the only startable option. He's questionable for this game. And I think that he will play, but we will see. I think he was a limited in Friday or maybe even missed Friday. If he does practice, that is. If he does, I'm expecting good usage here. He may not be efficient against a strong Ravens secondary, but he's an every week wide receiver too, just because of the usage alone and because they'll be trailing. Steven Sims, the Ravens' number two receiver, he is out for this game. Dontrell Inman is a sleeper if McLaurin misses this game. Uh, So he's going to be a guy who definitely is probably in free agency. So you can pick up Inman if McLaurin does miss this game and you just really need a wide receiver. He's another deep sleeper there. Um, Maybe Logan Thomas, a tight end, has some sleeper appeal uh, just because of the garbage time for this passing game that they're expected to receive. J.D. McKissick, definitely another uh, sleeper at running back because it's a favorable game flow 
as a result. He's the pass catching back or the primary pass catching back on this team over Antonio Gibson. I think Gibson is a tough play here. He's definitely a risk. He's a risky flex play. Look, he's got really big playability. He could hit a big play, but he also might not. He might end up with uh, you know 40 yards in this game, and that's 40 scoreless yards, I should say. Or he might hit a big play and have a long touchdown. It's just it's just a risky flex play. This week, I lean towards more playing him because you likely don't have better options if you have um, players on the Chiefs, Patriots, potentially other games that may get canceled. So, moving on to the two and one Arizona Cardinals, they travel to face the one and two Carolina Panthers. And then another situation here, as if this week couldn't get any more difficult with, you know, possibly the Saints-Lions getting moved. Definitely the Chiefs-Patriots. There's a lot of uncertainty there right now. If this, if this, if it, as if it couldn't get any difficult, there are a lot of game-time decisions. Like Kareem Hunt is questionable. Um, Terry McLaurin, I just talked about him, questionable. DeAndre Hopkins is a true game-time decision. So is Christian Kirk in this game. Hopkins has missed only two games in his career, but GM Steve Kime said that he's leaving it up to Hopkins on whether he can play. Uh, I think that he's going to play, and if he does, you're starting him. If you're not, obviously you're not. But Hopkins has kind of leaned towards being a game-time decision here, so you have to keep that in mind and have a backup there. Christian Kirk cannot be the backup. Christian Kirk is also a game-time decision here, and I'm less certain that he'll play with his, I believe it's a growing injury. And if he doesn't, I think it opens up Things for Larry Fitzgerald and Andy and Isabella as pump plays or possible sleeper pickups in free agency, especially for PPR leagues for desperate leaguers who are desperate for some points. Obviously, if Hopkins and Kirk play, Andy Isabella and Larry Fitzgerald probably not worth starting here. And the same is not true for Kyler Murray. Whether DeAndre Hopkins plays or not, you want to start Murray in this game. I think that. The Carolina Panthers' defense is just terrible, and Murray is a good matchup either way, although his ceiling is definitely lowered without D-Hop in the lineup. I loved Kenyon Drake last week, and he did not erupt, And but I am doubling down here. I think this could be a blow-up game for Kenyon Drake, especially if target hog Michael, uh, not Michael Thomas, but he is a target hog, but DeAndre Hopkins is out. Carolina Panthers has one of the worst run defenses in the league, if not the worst, and that's dating back all the way to the beginning of last season. You have to be firing up Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, who have great matchups against this Arizona secondary here. Both are high-quality wide receiver twos. Both should be in starting lineups. Mike Davis. Actually, before I move to Mike Davis, I will say this is probably the last buy-low opportunity on DJ Moore. Mike Davis, the PPR machine in place of Christian McCaffrey in a plus matchup here. He's a running back two as well. You have to love the role that he had. If you spent the fab money to get Mike Davis for a short-term running back pickup, and especially with all this uncertainty going around, you have to be pretty happy about using the fab to pick up Mike Davis. Teddy Bridgewater, Curtis Samuel, they haven't really done enough to warrant consideration to start, even in a potentially high-scoring game at home. But hey, if you have them, you know you may have to throw them in depending on the circumstances. This week is not going to be pretty. Scoring will probably be pretty low. Uh, Minnesota Vikings are 0-3, and they travel down south to face the 0-3 Texans in a toilet bowl battle of winless teams. But there is a 53.5 over-under per Vegas, and that is very attractive. So you'll want to start players in this matchup. The Vikings offense had its best game to date last week against Tennessee. They were led by Dalvin Cook's outstanding game and rookie Justin Jefferson's breakout or explosion, I should say. And Houston has an abysmal defense. As expected, though, they have, you know, they have had a brutal schedule this, uh, thus far. And I like Dalvin Cook's chances of another huge game here. This could be a sneaky shootout game. Cousins 
is a possible pivot for Ryan Tannehill or Big Ben or Cam Newton, Pat Mahomes, maybe even Drew Brees, Stafford, whatever. If that game gets moved, whatever. You know, Cousins probably in free agency, so you can go pick him up for this game. I think he'll have two touchdowns in this game. I like Adam Thielen a lot this week against the Houston secondary. Justin Jefferson, an intriguing play. The Vikings finally treated him as a first-round pick last week. Trotting him out like a full-time player for once. He had nine targets, and of course, he actually racked up 175 yards, which is amazing. I think Justin Jefferson is a wide receiver three play or a flex option this week in a favorable matchup. Houston, this could be Deshaun Watson's best game of the year against a soft Vikings defense that has pretty much been non-existent this season due to a variety of injuries, but also free agent departures. Uh, in terms of injuries, they're, they're possibly missing their top two corners in this game. I know Mike Hughes, one of their top corners, is out for this game. Anthony Barr, linebacker, he's out for the season. Daniil Hunter, their best pass rusher, he's out for the year. Uh, all of you know, I, I think all of them may be out for this game. Uh, the last one, I, I don't know if Cameron Dance or their other starting corner has been ruled out, but we will see. At least three of them are ruled out for this game. I'm firing up David Johnson and Will Fuller in all the leagues that I have them in, which is a lot. Start them with confidence, not too much confidence though, because it's you know it is Will Fuller. But you know what I mean. Duke Johnson does return this week, which means that David Johnson won't see 100% of the running back touches. But I think DJ is a strong play. Brandon Cooks is a sleeper here as well. He's a wide receiver three slash flex option. All right, moving to the three o'clock slate here, the two in one or the afternoon slate, I should say, depending on where you're listening to this, the two in one Colts. That game has been moved to the afternoon slate due to the postponement of the Chiefs-Patriots game. The 2 and one Colts, they have a short trip over to Soldier Field. I think it's like two or three hours. They might have taken a bus rather than a plane to drive to the 3-0 Chicago Bears Soldier Field. And Nick Foles has been named the Chicago Bears starter. Good news for Allen Robinson, who had his first good, good game under Nick Foles last week. And he's back to being a top 12 wide receiver play weekly, although I will say that I do not love A-Rob's matchup this week. It wouldn't surprise me if he has a five-catch, 60-yard day. I think this game is going to be very low scoring uh, overall. Uh, but Foles, he, he makes plenty of mistakes, but he's just more accurate than Mitch Trubisky. And A-Rob is the only wise, probably pass-catching play here for Chicago. You likely have to play him. I think it's a bad matchup, but he's probably the only receiver I probably would play in this game, keep in mind, keep an eye on Anthony Miller as Foles historically has loved throwing to slot receivers. I don't think we can play Miller this week with any confidence yet, seeing as he only had two targets last week, though he did score on one of those targets and he actually dropped a touchdown on the other. But so just keep an eye on Anthony Miller here. Uh, Jimmy Graham has three touchdowns from within the five yard line this season. They use him as a goal line fade option because they don't like to run Montgomery there. Uh, down when they get to the goal line, which is a shame for Montgomery roster managers there. But uh, he had two of his three touchdowns for the season with Nick Foles last week in comeback mode. Graham is a definition of a touchdown or bust play. I personally am not starting him if I have any other decent option, but I do think he's worth rostering in 12-team leagues. David Montgomery's outlook has improved drastically as the season has progressed. First, He's fully. He's shown that he's fully over his growing injury that jeopardized his status for week one. Second, Tariq Cohen tore his ACL, so David Montgomery is now set up to get more pass game work. You have to feel pretty happy if you drafted David Montgomery, and that's even if prior to the injury you drafted him in like the fifth round. Montgomery is set up 
again, to be a potential bell cow back. I know Cordell Patterson will mix in in the passing game here, but Montgomery is a capable pass catcher, and he's a good pass blocker as well. I think this improves his floor, and it makes him less game uh, script dependent, especially with Nick Foles at quarterback, who will check down to Montgomery more than Mitch Trubisky would have. And Montgomery, to me, is down every week running back two, and it, which is better than what you thought when you were going to draft him. So Phillip Rivers, another quarterback in this game that you can't really consider starting outside of Superflex leagues. And even then, it's a pretty sketchy mass- matchup with him missing wide receivers, Michael Pittman and wide receiver Paris Campbell. I'm not sure if tight end Jack Doyle is playing this game, but those losses help T.Y. Hilton's outlook. And I, look, I know that T.Y. Hilton is 0 for 3 for productive games this so far this season. I'm sticking with him if I have him as a flex option. It's not a great matchup, but I think the usage is just going to be there this week. This is, look, I know it's frustrating. T.Y. Hilton has been a total bust this year. He's dropped a touchdown. He's dropped two other passes, so three drops on the year. He's just not playing well. And that just kind of sucks. But he's a guy where he can kind of pop off at a big play at any moment and make you regret putting him on your bench. I'm not forcing him in my starting lineups, but I think that he's a nice flex option. I'm not hesitating to start him simply because he just hasn't produced in the box score yet. He struggled with drops. He struggled with game scripts. That's the other reason. The Colts have blown out their last two opponents. So Hilton wasn't even really needed. He didn't even really play in the fourth quarter of the last two games because the Colts were winning by so much. And that's just not likely to happen here. This should be a close game with the Bears. So, I don't know. I'm using T.Y. Hilton if he's my best flex option, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not I'm not panicking on Hilton yet. I think better days will be ahead when the Colts play closer games. Uh, the situation is ripe for him, not because of the matchup, but just because there's no other available pass catchers. So, that means you are going to get— uh, you are going to see running back targets, but I think, I don't know, I'm not using Naeem Hines this week despite his touchdown in week three. I am, of course, using Jonathan Taylor. I think this will be a Taylor-made uh, game, pun intended there, and he's an every week running back one, and I'm expecting 100 hard-earned yards from Jonathan Taylor this week and a touchdown. Next game, the 2-1 and Rams. They host the winless New York Giants for the Giants. Not much going for them. You can't use the running backs yet. Devonta Freeman eventually will be the leader of this running back by committee, but you have to be really desperate to play him. Um, He's just not yet familiar enough with the offense to get more than a few useless carries and maybe a catch or two. The Rams' defense is a better play than any Giants offensive player, including Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been a turnover machine. He's a desperation start in Superflex leagues only. Darius Slayton will likely be covered by Jalen Ramsey, the shutdown corner, making Golden Tate a potential target underneath if he's in free agency I think he could be good for a five catch 55 yard receiving day and that may be exactly what you need as a punt PPR play this game flow should be favorable for Giants pass catchers um, in playing in garbage time the Rams are expected to have a con- be controlling this game from the get-go Evan Ingram has been a major disappointment so far I see a similar game as we've seen so far four or five catches 40 60 receiving scoreless yards, maybe find the end zone. I think he's worth a hold in 12-team leagues as a fringe tight end one, but there are probably about 10 or 11 other tight ends that I'd probably rather start than Evan Ingram, including Tyler Higbee in this game, including Hunter Henry, including Mike Jasicki, TJ Hawkinson, Hayden Hurst. The Rams should be able to ride their running game and defense to victory, which makes me a little worried about Jared Goff's production from a fantasy standpoint here. Hopefully he gets the touchdowns early, 
but the Rams have shown tendencies to favor the run in the red zone. And this could be a game where, you know, maybe I'm starting Malcolm Brown as a, as a desperation flex here. He is kind of touchdown or bust. But, I mean, honestly, this is one of the best, we, most likely weeks that he's going to get a touchdown because Brown, uh, I sorry, because of Cam Akers is out in this game. And Brown could see a goal line touchdown against this hapless Giants defense here. But the workhorse will likely be Daryl Henderson. And Daryl Henderson, one of my favorite starts of the week in all of fantasy football. He must be in all fantasy starting lineups. I think he'll score at least 20 PPR points, and I think he's going to slaughter the Giants' run defense. Henderson playing so well, especially just as a receiver, where I think he'll do a lot of his damage today. I love Henderson this week. Jared Goff. He is a fringe quarterback one in an easy matchup, but again, I'm worried about how much they'll use him. I'm worried that the volume is going to be there. Hopefully, he gets his passing touchdowns early because in the second half, the Rams may just be running out the clock with Daryl Henderson. Los Angeles, the Rams are favored by 13, I think it is, in this game. So, But you are starting Robert Woods. You are starting Cooper Cup for sure. The matchup for Cup is more attractive than it is for Woods because the, Ram, the Giants have one good cornerback, and that's James Bradbury. He's probably going to... Uh, Woods is probably going to draw Bradbury in coverage, but both are must-starts. Tyler Higby is running fewer pass routes this year. He's more of a touchdown or bust option, but I do like his chances of finding pay dirt uh, once in this game against this Giants defense. I have Higby ranked as a tight end eight overall this week. I think it's a very tough call between uh, Higby or T.J. Hawkinson or Mike Jasicki. I think I'd lean towards the others over Higby, but i play Higby over Evan Ingram and Hayden Hurst. Okay, last game of the show. The undefeated Buffalo Bills travel to Vegas to face the 2-1 Raiders. And the Raiders, no Henry Ruggs. Uh, he is doubtful for this game, likely going to be ruled active at game time or before game time. Ruggs, the speedster to open up the defense. He's much more important in real life than he is for fantasy. But it does mean more targets for Darren Waller and slot wide receiver Hunter Renfro. I really, really like Hunter Renfro as a sleeper this week. He'd be one of my first free agent targets if I needed wide receiver because of all these COVID games. Uh, whether it's the Titans, Steelers, Chiefs, Patriots, maybe even Saints, Lions. We'll see about that. Um, I really, again, Renfro, one of my top options. The Bills have very good outside corners, but they struggle inside, and that's where Renfro does all of his work. Josh Jacobs missing two starters along the offensive line, which sucks, because one of the reasons I love Josh Jacobs going into the season was because I thought the Raiders, I mean, I knew the Raiders were bringing back five of five offensive linemen uh, from last season. They had the continuity there. They were a pretty good offensive line, uh, but without their two starters, I think they're average to below average. Uh, the Bills, they haven't been too stringent against the run. Despite their loaded defense on paper, they've kind of underwhelmed in a real-life standpoint. But they get their two starting linebackers back uh, last week, and they showed, I don't know, somewhat improvement, I guess, at least in the first half of that game. I think Jacobs, you know, when it's all said and done, will be good for 15 PPR points or more if he can find the end zone. You're starting Josh Jacobs if you have him. He is uh, getting probably the most volume in the league for any running back, uh, most opportunities there. Josh Allen. And every week start, the Raiders aren't the worst defense in the league, but this is a pretty favorable matchup. The Bills' offense looked different without John Brown in the second half last week when Brown missed the second half with his, I believe it's a growing injury, and Brown is supposed to play. Maybe it's a calf injury. I forgot. I apologize for that. I forgot whether it's a growing or a calf, but Brown is supposed to play in this game. I don't think he's even on the injury report this week. I would feel pretty nervous about playing him. I think it's very risky. He, I think it's the definition of a boom or bust play. 
Um, you know, it only takes one play for John Brown because he's a deep threat because of the way he plays his skill set. It only takes one play for him to get behind the defense and for him to pay off with a really good fantasy week. I'm leaning towards sitting him because if I have similar options until he shows that his calf, okay, I have in my notes here, it is a calf. Uh, his calf is 100%. The uh, Stefan Diggs, he's definitely an every week start. Uh, he is the wide receiver four on fantasy football right now, and I don't see anyone on the Raiders who can hold Stephon Diggs below 80 receiving yards at least and a possible touchdown. So start Stephon Diggs for sure. Slot receiver Cole Beasley. He had a 100-yard game last week, and he's a sleeper in this one with uncertainty around John Brown's health and the tasty matchup against the Raiders secondary. Beasley could have three catches for 30 yards in this game, but he could have seven catches for 90 yards in a score. It's very unpredictable, but plenty of people need these types of flyers given the unfortunate circumstances surrounding these COVID uh, games this week. I prefer Hunter Renfro in this game than Cole Beasley, but see if Beasley is on your waiver wire if needed. Obviously, in PPR formats, he's more favorable there. Uh, Zach Moss is questionable for this game. Uh, if he plays, Devin Singletary's stock points downwards. Uh, it's a very sexy matchup for Singletary, so you can play him either way. I just think he goes from being a must-start if Zach Moss misses to a strong flex if Zach Moss plays. And Moss, he'll be a touchdown or bust option if he plays. He's really only used a lot, especially if he's going to be not 100% healthy. He'll probably only be used in the red zone. So you're just hoping for that score. You may have to play Zach Moss. You may not have better options. I would hold on to Zach Moss rather than cut him uh, unless there's just unless you're just totally desperate there. Uh, I would prefer that Moss actually sits in this game for clarity's sake, and that way we'll know that we can get Moss 100% when he returns next week, next week, and that way we can also put him in an IR spot if you do have that. Okay, so that does it for the Week 4 matchup previews. Again, there's a lot to wrap up here. Uh, I previewed the Saints and Lions game as well as the Monday Night Football game between the Packers and Falcons and the Sunday Night Football game between the Niners and Eagles. I previewed all of those games on my last podcast episode. That's episode 40 if you want to check that out. Um, that's about 20 minutes into the show, I would say. I also did kickers and defenses streaming options in that show as well. I think that's at the 17-minute mark. The only thing I'd change is that I'm moving Stafford up over Drew Brees because at the time of the recording, the Saints cornerbacks, Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins, weren't out. That's why I don't like doing the recordings on Fridays because so much stuff comes uh, comes out on Fridays. That's why I like saving it for the weekend. But this is obviously huge news for Matt Stafford, Kenny Dalladay, and Marvin Jones, and they all have very, very attractive matchups. And the Saints... You know, I, I like their chances of winning a lot less now, now that the injury report has reared its ugly, ugly head. Uh, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, all questionable for Monday night. You need to have alternatives in place, preferably ones that play in the late uh, late games or Monday night football so we can have time to get more information. I lean towards all of them playing, but you'll have to decide whether if that's worth the risk. I recommend moving into the flex spot for reasons that are explained. It can kind of give you more options later if they are ruled out and you need to pivot and you have an alternative there, if you have an IR spot and one of these wide receivers is ruled out, whether it's Calvin Ridley, Devontae Adams, or Julio Jones, you can always move them to IR before the game and add a Packers or Falcons wide receiver like Marcus Valdez-Scantling or Russell Gage. Those would be the first options. I mean, if they're there and you do have the uh, receivers I just mentioned, you should probably add them right now. In fact, you definitely should add them right now just in case. Uh, they'll be great insurance policies. If not, 
you know, and you have an IR spot and these receivers are ruled out right before the game time, you can add somebody desperate like Alamide Zacchaeus. I can't even pronounce his name, but Zacchaeus at wide receiver for the Falcons. He would get more uh, targets and snaps if Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones missed or both. Uh, and then also, if you have him in the flex spot, it allows you to pivot to not just receivers uh, in free agency. It allows you to uh, add like a running back or a tight end. Like Falcons running back Brian Hill, he could be an alternative option if one of these guys gets ruled out last minute. Uh, tight end Robert uh, Robert Tonyan for the Packers. So yeah, you want to leave. Um, you want to either leave an empty spot on your bench if you don't have an IR spot and you're taking these chances that the receivers will be active and you're playing them, or you want to that way you can add an emergency player if they're ruled out before the game, like after warmups, or you want to uh, move them to your flex. And if you have an IR spot, you move them to your flex, then they are ruled out. You put them in IR, and then you add you know some desperation Packer or Falcons player in that game that you know probably won't do that well, but they'll get you a couple of points if needed. And maybe the uncertainty around Devontae Adams. Uh, around Julio Jones, around Calvin Ridley makes you reconsider using Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan. Maybe they're not must-starts as they normally would be. I think it definitely helps Todd Gurley and Aaron Jones' outlooks. Jones is going to be a monster on Monday Night Football. He always plays better when there's hurt wide receivers. We saw that last year. Some of his best games of the year came when Devontae Adams was dinged up or, you know, and here Alan Lazard is not playing in this game. So uh, maybe it's wiser to play you know, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford over like a Matt Ryan this week. Uh, and, and, and everyone, you know, I know this is going to be a really tough week. I know that the Titans uh, Steelers are out. So that's a lot of players right there that you can't play on bye weeks. The Patriots and Chiefs, you know, you probably have to assume that that game is going to be postponed again uh, and not have them in your starting lineup. So that's just tough. You, you know, you got to make a lot of calls there. Uh, I like to play on the more conservative side. I'm assuming that game's not going to be played Monday and Tuesday unless they announce fully that it will be. And I'm hoping we get more clarity before the noon games. But uh, there's also been the recent development with the Saints and Lions. The Saints game also may get moved, and that takes out even more great fancy players. Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, uh, Kenny Galladay. I mean, you know, TJ Hawkinson. It's just a terrible situation all around, uh, and you have to stay alert. You have to, if you're a commissioner, you have to get your league members involved. You have to notify them of any potential rule changes or how you're approaching this game, and you have to just keep you know, hounding the waiver wire and, and having a potential replacement in case some of these games do not happen. So this week, more than ever, it takes to be a good, alert fantasy manager. And uh, yeah, it's just unprecedented times and it just sucks overall. But that's, you know, you're playing to win this game. And sometimes, you know, fantasy football is all about, all about making week-to-week adjustments. Normally it's not this hard or this difficult and making roster um, decisions, basically, who to cut, who to keep, who to start, etc., but uh, every week, you know, we have different scenarios in fantasy football, and that's what being a good fantasy football manager is, is adjusting with the times and doing what gives you the best chance to win based on what's actually transpiring in the actual NFL. That's what fantasy football is about. So good luck. I mean, that's all I can say. I hope I did a good job of explaining what I do in the situation here. Um, man, you know, it's going to be a crazy, crazy week. I'm already chalking up like a – or expecting to chalk up a couple L's uh, for my teams because you know how much Derrick Henry and James Conner I have. I also have a lot of Kamara if that game doesn't happen. And then, of course, Pat Mahomes, you know, he I have him on one team. I mean, I'm chalking up L's in, in several leagues. And if you can just get out of this with, 
I mean, if you can get out with a low-scoring win, I mean, that's just like, you know, that that's just total gold this week. That's what that's what the goal is this week, is just to get out with an ugly, low-scoring win. Because at the end of the day, 50% of teams will win this week. It, it doesn't feel like it, but it will happen. 50% of fantasy teams will win this week, and you want to make sure you can do everything you can to be part of that number. All right. That will conclude today's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a solid, hit the subscribe button, uh, give me a positive rating or review. I really appreciate that kind of stuff. I wish everyone the best of luck in week four. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.